You're fond of me lobster, ain't you? Drunken in a Virginia fence. I seen it. You're fond of me lobster. Say you. Danny! Let Neptune strike ye dead, Winslow! Hark! Hark! Triton! Hark! Bellow! Bid our father, the Sea King, rise from the depths full, foul in his fury. Black waves teeming with salt foam to smother this young mouth with punch and slime. To choke ye, engorging your organs till ye turn blue and bloated with builds and brine and can scream no more. Only when he, crowned in cockle shells, with slithering tentacle tail and steaming beard, take up his fell befinned arm. His coral tine trident screeches banshee like in the tempest and plunges right through your gullet, bursting ye, a bulging bladder no more. But a blasted bloody film now a nothing for the RPs and the souls of dead sailors to pick and claw and feed upon only to be lapped up and swallowed by the infinite waters of the dread emperor himself. Forgotten to any man, to any time, forgotten to any god or devil, Forgotten even to the sea, for any stuff or part of Winslow, even any scantling of your soul, is Winslow no more, but is now itself the sea. Welcome to Against All Oddities, the podcast about three brothers coming to terms with the oddly true and the truthfully odd. This episode is the official Against All Oddities Curse Miss Special. Since it's the Curse Miss Special, let's kill this intro music and get something a little more festive. Ah, that's more like it. So, what's a Curse Miss Special, you ask? Why, it's an episode entirely dedicated to the art of hexing and cursing. And it just so happens to also be the winter holiday season, of course. So stick around and listen to the brothers discuss all things Christmas. Uh, as usual, we get into a little bit of everything from the rule of three, Wicca versus traditional witchcraft, movies about curses, and cursed movies. Top it off with a couple of personal anecdotes about curses that started it all, and we're good to go. So join us as we get into the spirit of giving, curses that is, this is Against All. Should we start out with a Christmas carol? A Christmas carol. A Christmas carol. A Christmas, a Christmas, the Christmas carol. carol. <laughs> you know, the thing, and Chris can get into detail about this later, 
I bet. Oh wait, should we do the thing? Christmas curse. It's a Christmas special. Christmas special. We're really bad at this now. Well, okay. So here's the thing. I thought it was always funny because I thought we were supposed to be bad at. I thought that was the joke. Christmas. I thought we were good at Christmas. Curse. No, that's good. That's good. Christmas. So I think to a play on words for our curse miss special. Mm-hmm. is uh just to clarify a little disclaimer when we get started that cursing's bad is it though you sh- yeah i mean i think fart in the in the occult <laughs> maybe community or even like it's the like a so we're community. talking about different things like you saw like a curse that's been put upon somebody or you put upon somebody well, that's the thing. You shouldn't be the one to do it because there's something that's the rule of threes. Well, let me talk to you about the rule of threes. Well, that's so. what I said. Is, is this gonna... how we're going to start it out? Yeah, this is how so... we're starting it off. This isn't important. This is like, so how we, let, let's let's go back because I want to, I actually have on my notes for this evening is to talk about the rule of three because the rule of three is uh, basically, it's, a, it's, it's kind of a, a Wiccan tenet. Uh, by neo-pagans and occultists and the idea is that whatever the energy you put out in the world will come back to you three times so if you put a curse out into the world you'll receive that negative that negativity back and threefold same with good stuff so if you do something nice you receive that so that is a wicked thing so that gets thrown around a lot but i'll tell you what i'll tell you what to the kids these days the 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 up-and-coming young occultists who are in their 20s, not me, because I'm an old man who just ponders orbs in the back background. Yeah, orbs are orbs are, awesome. orbs are tight. We're just, you know, we're old, we're old guys. They um, disagree with the rule of three, and I would say that uh, hexing or cursing is quite popular these days. What's a like hex? they just don't care What's about the hex? rule of three anymore. Like it's not. No, they they argue the rule of three is a modern construct. Uh, that witchcraft has been around a lot longer than the rule of three. And they're kind of not wrong because the rule of three was connected to Wicca. Wicca was started essentially in the 1950s. So it's kind of a newer thing. It's it's kind of proto new age-ism. That's why like the rule of three also would probably carry over very easily into new age communities because Wicca was kind of proto new age. And so Wicca was created essentially, and this depends on what camp you're in, by name a guy named Gerald Gardner, uh, thus Gardnerian witchcraft. Um, and uh, it was in the 1950s. And this was part of that those tenets. Like, uh, and part of that was to try to um, create a more approachable um, Disney a, po- a positive vibe a positive spin on witchcraft because at the time the gardener was coming around and doing the stuff in england in the 1950s witchcraft was still illegal on the books like legally you could this well, is still a problem so they're like no it's not so bad see we're actually positive folks but what the argument these days that the kids are are into is all looking into what's called trad craft or traditional witchcraft and they're saying that witchcraft has always been used to address power imbalances so why like was the, the old woman in, sort of like why was the old crone in the woods casting hex and uh, curses on the land owning gentry it's because they had the power and they were being assholes about it so a lot of people are saying 
when you're completely disempowered by uh, just overwhelming forces like, uh, you know, you're a poor hobbit living in the, off the woods, shoveling mud for a living, and a prince comes by and stabs your husband, you know, like you curse them because like you can't do anything else. Like that is untouchable power, right? And so there is, there is, it was always, they people, again, the, the, the devil's advocate, literally in this case, was saying that the cursing was always being able to, when faced against unsurmountable like oppression and powers, like all you have is cursing. I have uh, a counter argument to that too, but, actually. Yes, sure. And you, I was just gonna say, you'll see that contemporary uses like, uh, there's actually, I was, um, there's a lot of books coming out now talking about uh, uh, kind of political activism and witchcraft. And like, you could see when Donald Trump became elected in 2000, 16 uh there was actually a whole movement within certain occult communities where they were hexing the trump administration every every like full moon once a month uh and it actually and it got thousands of people would do this and it got so much that there were counter movements where huge like these like christian ministries would come to where like this is mainly this one bookstore in brooklyn that was doing this they would come there and counter it so they were like praying that the, the stop the hex while it was happening but anyway long story short the idea of this cursing being bad because of this kind of like wiccan philosophy of uh the rule of three you'll it's actually kind of meeting a lot of resistance with young kids these days who or like, no, nah, witchcraft is all about like cursing people in power. Uh, right. And it always yeah. has been. Here's okay. my counter argument. Give me that. your counter. You're the, you're the little old uh, person in a hutch in the woods. Two, two things about that is it's one, if you're one, that would be like a dream. Just sitting now, in a cabin in the woods and growing now. stuff and things. That'd be amazing. But it's about providing a balance. So if somebody shows up and kills your husband and burns your your thatch roof, and yes. yeah, then you get to do all the cursing you want because you have earned karma points to curse all you want with, and you get away with it because yes. you know you're going to provide threefold to what they did to you and they killed your husband. And, or, oh or yeah, so we're, that's not a counterpoint. We're not disagreeing. We're I know, but that's the, the balance. Here's my but, counterpoint to the rule of threes. We need to figure this out, Mom or dad did some sketchy shit in the 70s or 60s what getting pregnant with us <laughs> three of us oh the rule of three is the, the christmas carols <laughs> the came back Carol. threefold so i don't know if it was mom or if it was dad or some <laughs> some one of their relatives that caused the christmas carols to come threefold uh, upon we're them. the christmas we're carols. the christmas carol i like it, it's I, awesome. it. I feel bad and i think it might have been mom and she listens to this podcast now sorry mom but you were busted and I think she must have like hit somebody in a dark road, like I'll know what you did last summer sort of deal and just kept on driving. She told herself it was a bird. It was a bird, but it wasn't. And her negligence was cursed by three. Right. The last words, children. that person dying on the side of the road was in Latin. Like may you get three, uh, uh, what are Cursed her, oppositional <laughs> defiant children. So, she's also a member of the Catholic church. So Chris, is there, I have an interesting, not interesting one. Can like you do have a connection between curses and the Catholic 
church oh yeah wealth of knowledge yes of course the three of us you know. I almost bought a book for Tim for Christmas. It was it was like three dollars, but I wouldn't get here in England on time. It's called The Wizard Popes, and it talks about right. the five popes that were all acting wizards. <laughs> like, yeah. oh man, because that was the whole. Do thing. we qualify? Yeah, I know, right? And, well, <laughs> the, thing, the other thing is like that's what's, what's crazy about like the crossover between ceremonial magic and like early Catholicism was the same. The priests were doing it. Like it, it's kind of an amazing story. Not that early. There's a book uh, called, I think it was like the, the devil came to St. Louis or whatever. And it's mm-hmm. the true story of the exorcist, right? Yeah. Which actually, yeah. it was actually a boy and it, he, uh, the journey began in Maryland and his family moved to St. Louis. And then, the movie it's a girl and it takes place in st louis i guess but it was it was a boy and it went went on for years but what was really interesting in the the exorcist which is uh it, it he the kid started out lutheran and it was a lutheran minister was mm. talking to the kid and seeing some crazy stuff and, the, and he was like you know what uh i'm gonna get a catholic priest i i don't <laughs> yeah. think this is a lutheran thing more of a latin thing <laughs> yeah and, and so he went and got a catholic priest to come you know check it out and see what he's doing which is a good little crossover cohesion in the religion but what i thought was really cool too was uh, was interesting is the first thing uh the catholic priest does and was like well we got to make sure this is a catholic thing and not a different religion because if it's an african religion or if mm-hmm. it's, it's something else i can't do anything about it i can only help it help this kid if it's a demonic possession from a catholic demon yeah and this is in 1949 this isn't like it. this isn't like in roman you know like yeah, there's like 400 400 it could be a gen or yeah something. gen the gen are are yeah. uh demons from that area of the world one of my favorite tv shows is this hor- i don't want to say it's a horrible show i really love it is this tv show called the dead files and it's a nypd homicide detective this is a reality show and he's paired up with a psychic and they go into a house and they investigate ghosts but what hooked Meredith and i on the show was the end she tells the homeowners how to fix the situation and and i'm reminded of this because of what you're saying it all depends on the type of ghost that it is. <laughs> so they're like yeah. all right you need a male wiccan <laughs> and a catholic priest in here or they'll be like nope you're gonna need a um spiritual advisor or shaman from the tribe of this indigenous population because they're the ones who cursed the white people that came into the land and killed everyone and they're the only ones who can remove the curse like a a priest can't exercise this it has to be a shaman from that or they'll go in like we need uh, a rabbi to come in you know so yeah it doesn't really yeah there's a it's, there's it's like a, a golem walking around killing everybody and he's yeah, like, you're, obviously you're, we're going to need the rabbi the, exactly the priest isn't going to do anything and i think that's great because it, it kind of shows the it does two things it shows the uniqueness of all the different like belief systems out there but also some of the universal truths between them which is kind of fun well it's like medicine if you go to the hospital and you're like i broke my hip and they're like well i'm a cardiologist so yeah let me get the orthopedic 
God. But as someone who likes uh, spooky stuff, like I like that it's that specialized because it adds it adds some merit <laughs> to the situation. <laughs> like if a Catholic priest came in here and it's like, whoa, 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 I can't do anything about these. Yeah, sorry guys. So, like, <laughs> I got to give you a reference here. Yeah, like in I, medicine. It's like I, you're gonna need to see. A I drink out at a bar. I drink at a bar with these two other spirit, like an imam, a rabbi, and a shaman. Let me call up two of them because they're gonna fix this situation. That's where the jokes come from. That's what I'm saying. That's where the jokes come from. Do you know who the most recent famous Wiccan is? No. Wicca Wicca Slim Shady. (laughs) (laughs) That's because Taco Bell has cursed me several times and I got it back threefold. There's another proof (laughs) on that threefold thing. We can talk about counter counter cursing because I can teach you guys a few tricks to like. All right. Where did you learn about curses, Chris? Uh, through countless classes I've taken at various like weird stores while living in New York when I went deep into a rabbit hole of occultism they're like learn to scry here's 10 bucks I was like I want to learn how to scry well here's <laughs> you know? the thing so that we need to clarify too like Chris is probably a, would you consider yourself a practicing magician no no, I'm, I'm an, I do ponder the orb time to time. So I you're don't. an orb ponderer. I will say I listen to podcasts and do a lot of Googling and I have a list of books I want to buy, but I haven't. But I'm I'll- interested in all things occult and interesting. And I have taken a lot of classes and read way too many books about it. You also just go into the woods. Yeah. Like you do the wo- the forest bathing at midnight and yeah. see things. Oh, oh it's so light. creepy, man. I know, but so that's the thing. You get kind of addicted to the creep. So like, I kind of, if I don't, if I can't spook myself out, then I'm not like, it's like an an adrenaline junkie, like Uh, jumping out of an airplane. Like I got to go find that creep. So I got to go like deeper into the woods and- That's kind of awesome. Like I got to memorize wealth so that I could like go into the woods and open a portal, that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Just to see if it happens. And I, I- it's, it's what they call the, the chaos magicians call a psychonaut. If I were to ever claim a label, it, I like that one. Psychonaut, that psychonaut's one's actually pretty, awesome. pretty good. That's right? Because it's about, and a lot of the people from the 80s, you got to think about chaos magics like early 90s. It's like people were getting into like Kevin William Hurt, Hurt in altered states. Yeah, exactly. Altered states. Like this whole idea of like, let's explore our psychological understanding of the universe. But anyway, that's like the idea of the psychonaut, like the altered states. Like, I mean, there's a downside to that, which is called state chasing, which I I think is not great. Is when when you're just, that's like when people- It's like a heroin. Yeah, that's when they get into like drugs too, where like everything has to be this kind of like cathartic experience experience and that's that's like not yeah, I don't know about that. so i i would say like the hippie way to do it would be transcendental meditation or something yeah. like that which, which i'm also I, interested in and like read about oh, total bullshit but i mean i'm not gonna pay it's not i mean i'm not gonna pay i think it's great why not pay for it do that instead of doing drugs or whatever Sure. I'll give you guys the secret. I didn't pay for it, but I researched it enough to figure yeah, it all out. You know, I know like, you're paying for the word, a mantra. So yeah, if you just your make yourself special a mantra, secret word. You're paying for a mantra? Not, yes. And they teach it and they draw it out, focus and meditate. And then here's your magic word. And it's going to be a nonsense word like uma, suma, suma, suma. And then so you just go repeat in your head for 20 minutes twice a day which is this is all transcendental and it totally meditation. works and it totally but it works. works because it like brain waves melt if you like say 
So there's also, it's, it's a derivative of mantra meditation, like Soham yep. meditation or whatever. And you just say a nonsense word over and over in your head this and don't do anything. Easiest way to meditate, flat lines yep. those brain waves, and then you can meditate. And then you That's can- That's what David Lynch calls fishing for the big fish. Like, he, like he's like he's a huge advocate it. of, yeah, um, yeah. he calls it TM. Like he's like, the, but you know, I think TM's great, but I also think like, it doesn't matter, right? Like I also all these, all these traditions all say, regardless that you need to be meditating for 20 minutes. Can we go off on this tangent minimum. for a little more? Yes. So this is my research this week, which had nothing to do with curses. And I want to do it in a, in a little curse too. Yes, but I like, do have. I want you to the, tell your the story. Crazy mother stuff in Monroe Institute, right? Yeah, yeah. Is 100% meditation, sound waves, relaxation for out of body experiences. So you're yeah. talking about the altered state or your psychonaut. Mm -hmm. Probably the Monroe Institute is like. Oh, the I would hang up the center. The Monroe for our I don't know how much it costs. Institute we talked in great detail about in our Stargate episode. It's a base yep. in Virginia where they did a lot of the remote viewing uh, for the CIA uh, back in the uh, 70s. Mr. Whiskers here. I have lots of things to be worried about, but thanks to my paranormal insurance policy from Dorfu.com, D-O-R-F-Y-O-U, I don't have to worry about goblins and ghosts in my walls. Get your policy at DORFYOU.com. That's DORFYOU.com. Mr. Whiskers. <laughs> anyway, at, at one point I was I was gonna say we were we were talking, then we got a little distracted, but we were talking about the, you know, how Wicca was gonna be like kind of a positive new agey spin on like kind of this illegal negative the good witch. Yeah, the Good Witch, and you're like, the Good Witch is present in the 30s, and I think that's a really interesting thing that you brought up, uh, because when I talk about witchcraft, we're talking about, let's go back to the 1500s, like, the if you think about the burnings, the witch burnings, it's like the 1500s, right? So, like, people have always had an interesting relationship to curses, because the further, the witch burnings were not as strong in Scotland say than England because people needed their witches because witches were just another, you know, they were also called folk uh, doctors or wise women. And these are these are people who are knowledgeable of- The elders of the community, right? And are knowledgeable in healing herbs and maybe just aren't Christian. So like devils, but they're like having relationships with the, with nature. And, and if you needed to curse, and they did maybe curse the person in power because they have no tools to like approach that person to pay them back or to make them stop messing with you. That was, you know, that was always like something, but you know, people would need that done for them. So they would go out to them in the woods and be like, the prince keeps stealing my cattle. Can you just make him not notice me anymore? Make him like make my cattle, you know, make him move on, and they could they could like supply that curse. Move um, on. And so so it it was kind of uh, witches were always kind of good and bad. Where it gets tricky is some people abuse this power and they become you'd be a farmer and you're having to you're struggling just like everyone else. And this lady old lady or this man comes to your door and they're like i'm a witch and i would like you to give me some money or i will curse your entire farm and they're like what and then they would curse the farm it kind of like a mafia thing like pay me for protection kind of thing or your milk and is so, spoiled 
yeah exactly so there's a love hate relationship so at one side people needed the wise woman to help them but the other time oh my cows died i must have not done something right or now they're mad at me and so it was just kind of like screw her let's let's turn her in and get her burned even though it wasn't even a curse so so there's always been a the idea of a good witch is a really interesting one and it is directly tied to curses because a good witch is just a witch that's on your side right history can i tell a historic curse mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, the 14th century the knights templar yeah yeah so uh, uh so 14th century king philip of france didn't want to pay back the knights templar after funding his war against the english and on Friday, October 13th, 1307, King Philip and Pope Clement V attacked the Knights Templar by surprise. And Jacques de Molay, the leader of the Knights, was uh, imprisoned and tortured for seven years prior to being burned at the stake. Yeah, they, they killed all of them. And de, Mil de Molay, before his execution, cursed the king and the Pope to die quickly and cursed the whole House of Capet family or Capet, or however you say it. And within a year, Pope Clement uh, and King Philip died of mysterious deaths. Yep. Granted, it was the 1300s, so yeah. mysterious yeah, like, death. There wasn't like all <laughs> yeah. well, yeah. While Molay's curse didn't just affect the Pope and the King, because the all three of King Philip's sons died in the next couple of years, and his only male grandchild also died so the crown actually went over the house of Blois, ending his whole reign the house of capet ended yeah it's just uh, like it's like manifesting karma right so it's like it's like i'm not i don't have time to wait around i'm going to take this in my own hand like, well that's that's make an thing appeal we for karma to resolve this matter shortly that's why we actually curse. haven't talked about this and we actually haven't talked about curses much at all for a christmas special when you think you should play jingle bells Christmas, like a scary voice over <laughs> top of uh, uh, Jingle Bells. But anyway, the uh, a curse. I could look at Chris and, and be like, Chris, this is something else we should probably talk about. Is the, uh, but if he believed that I was giving him the evil yeah. eye, like bad shit would happen to him because it's manifesting your own cursed destiny. So oh, a lot of it, I curse. think, yeah. isn't just the person doing the cursing is the person being cursed has to be receptive to it and then you know one of my one of my favorite curses in cinema is and it was it i think it's my favorite because it's completely improvised was you remember that movie with vigo mortensen um eastern yes. promises was he the russian like where he's player? like the russian he's he like was a, a he's, badass yeah like, that was a good movie. The naked fight scene it was really good but he's like mm -hmm. he's like a russian deep plant in the russian mafia but at one point he walks out and he kind of gets in an argument with this other guy and he just looks at him and this really dramatically just does, takes two fingers and just points it at his neck like a snake bite he just goes he just stares at him and goes like that and then walks away i was like that was such a good curse and that was even part of the movie he just like being yeah. such a badass just making a cool violent gesture like a snake biting one's neck at somebody i felt it through the camera and you know that's just vigo being in character like i've never come across that anywhere like that is not have you tried it on anybody i'm not cool like vigo morrison he he can just do that but that's just saying a curse could just be a solid look right that's the whole thing that's <laughs> yeah. the whole thing the evil eye i mean we yeah. can get into that i, I thought I, you draw the evil eye the evil eye is, is protected weird roman rings and stuff you can buy on etsy 
Yeah, I was in my, I was saying in my roommate's apartment, and he has a giant evil eye above his door, and it's a it's a symbol of protection against a, well, the okay. evil eye. I have a whole thing about that. I screenshot it. Is <laughs> 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 shat the past tense of shot? Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. Well, I can give you a, a a cure to prevent curses real quick while you yeah yeah. Oh, yeah yeah yeah, what yeah. It? it's called a witch's bottle. You got to make one. Uh, oh shit! So the idea is it's like countermeasures. You know, you know, like in Top Gun, when someone shoots a heat-seeking missile at you, and they are like fire the countermeasures, and they like blast these things back, and they go, and they make all these heat signatures. Go, yeah, but theirs don't have pee in it. No, exactly. <laughs> so a witch bottle is more you are if you know you're having someone who's throwing curses at you, it like draws the curse towards the witch bottle and then also pays them back tenfold. So in a bottle, you have to convince the curse it's like you. So um put like your picture in it and write your name, full name on it, and then fill it with like urine. In like sharp stuff like nails and glass and broken painful things and then you put it on your property lines and this curse is directed this bottle and the curse hits the bottle and what's interesting about the witch's bottle is they they find them all the time in england too and they're old but there there are only 10 have been found in the u.s uh, uh one of which was which in is the interesting. of the slave have you been talking to mary about this no so that was uh, the preservation lady, right? That came mm -hmm. over to our house and stuff and uh, uh, keeps talking with Mary. They just found a witch bottle in the walls of one of the uh, slave quarters That's in amazing. a Virginia State Park that Mary and I, I actually stayed in with the dogs uh, oh, nice. one February several years ago. That's so cool. Because you can rent a cabin on the state park, but the cabin we stayed in was the old slave quarters in the cotton field. But it's really cool because you find shark's teeth and stuff. It's in Suffolk. You can walk on the beach, but it's a, it's a cool place. But apparently that cabin was one of the 10, uh, they found one of the the, the 10. That's awesome. Which is They found it in some kind it's of upside down. area. Oh yeah, that's awesome. You have to make it upside down though. The, the bottle, you put the, the nails. To reverse it. Everything, but you put the bottle has to be upside down. And then you put it so right. here's the thing, then this is for our listeners, not just for you. Uh, a problem when you take a bunch of rusty nails and you put them in a jar and you fill it with vinegar and bad stuff and you seal it, you can make it explode because the vinegar and the iron uh, oxide. So you have yeah. to be very careful with your some of the stuff you put in there. Um, but they find them in England all the time, and it's a it's a it's a go to thing. It, it, but you can also it doesn't have to be a jar. You can do it any number of ways. You can take a Gatorade bottle in your car. Sure, man. In uh, Diet Coke and Mentos. I was just yep. thinking some dip I... spit. Put your face picture <laughs> in there. Dip spit. <laughs> dip spits the only <laughs> <laughs> whatever demonic curses there. I'm like, oh, oh, gross. No. Oh, that redneck's cursed enough. <laughs> so gross. Anyway, okay. So the evil eye stuff. Uh huh. Tell us about the evil eye, Tim. Okay, I'm gonna read a couple paragraphs real fast just to get some learn on here because we're we're being edutainers. Um, right. Okay, so the evil eye. Other cultures that have words for the evil eye, are, like there's Greek, Turkish, Hebrew, Italian, Arabic, and Persian, all have their own like version of it. 
but uh, it's believed to be cast by a malevolent glare uh, and dates back to at least the Greek classical antiquity, 6th century BC, where it appeared on the Chalcidian drinking vessels known as eye cups as a type of apotropaic magic. Many cultures believe that receiving the evil eye will cause misfortune or injury, while others believe it is a kind of supernatural force that casts or reflects a malevolent gaze back upon those who wish harm upon others. Oh, snap. Yeah. Older iterations of the symbol were made out of ceramic or clay. However, following the production of glass beads in the Mediterranean region around 1500 BC, evil eye beads were popularized with the Phoenicians, Persians, Greeks, Romans, and Ottomans. And Egyptians. Uh, yeah, they were blue, likely because it was relatively easy to make, but they, they became more than just blue later on, which those would be awesome to have one of those beads. But yeah, the, the uh, originals, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The idea expressed in terms caused many different cultures to pursue protective measurements against it. But uh, around 40% of the world's population believing in the culture around the evil eye, its significance varies widely between which culture you're in. Uh, but it's prominent, especially in the Mediterranean and West Asia. Uh, the idea appears multiple times in Jewish rabbinic literature. Um, other popular amulets, talismans, and uh, were used to ward off the evil eye, including the Hamsa. And Italy employs a variety of other unique charms and gestures to defend against the evil eye, including the Cornicello, the Cimaruda, uh, and the Sign of the Horns. Well, the Egyptian Eye of Horus is a similar symbol of protection. Oh, Eye of Horus. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the Greek evil eye talisman specifically protects against malevolent gazes. Uh, similarly, the eye idols between 8700 and 3500 BC excavated at the Tel Brock Eye Temple are believed to have been figurines offered to the gods and don't have anything to do with uh, the belief in the evil eye. Which also, can you imagine how cool it would be to go to an eye temple? That's what I was about to say. Hey, Friday, what are you doing? I'm going to the eye temple. What are you right. Hey, you want to come out and play? Uh, mom's making me go to eye balls. temple today. <laughs> we got to sacrifice some stuff. I'll be back. Uh, Tim, I want to do a quick game. It's called, it's a, it's a movie game. I'm going to list, I'm going to name your name. I'm going to throw a movie at you. And you have to tell me what is the main principal curse of that movie? What was it? And how can you fix it, or if it can be fixed? So I'll say I'll start. I'll start with an easy one. Stephen uh, King's Thinner. Literally, that's what I was about to say. Oh my god, that's the most Tim. obvious one. I know. I, I know. That. That, that, well, that, I'm just saying that's not the that game. The book. game is Thinner. Really quickly, the Tom Holland's 1996 movie Thinner. What was the curse? Who was it on it? And how did it? How could it get there? Right, go for it, Tim. I think okay. From what I remember from the book, I didn't see the whole movie i just remember what it looked like it was uh he uh it was like a he was fat he was a fat like banker or something to do with he finances. was full figured and he, he turned full figured, yeah. sorry he was a more he was like an obese uh he like turned down a loan to a gypsy or something that oh my gosh yes uh, evil-eyed or cursed him like that because he just completely screwed him over and so initially he would uh, lose weight and he felt good and he was doing it. And then he kept losing weight, kept losing weight, kept losing weight. And I think he had to somehow make it right with the gypsy family. To, to All right. First. Two things. You, you've combined two different movies, which is interesting. Uh, 
and well, I thought we're also using maybe. the word yeah. Roma instead of gypsy. Uh, yeah. No, so what happened was he he killed the Roma woman's daughter. He ran her over because of a sexual act that was going on in a car, and then he ran away. And he, I haven't seen this movie, nor did I look it up. It's just that I remember. I've I was, read the book, or yeah, no, it's based I, on, I heard the book on tape with Nate. I, so you're I, thinking, yeah, I listened to driving it back still. from the beach. You're yeah, thinking of that Sam like, Raimi. There's like, like a Sam Raimi movie. Sam that I Raimi movie is awesome. Uh, drag it, me to hell. Called to hell. Journey to hell. Drag, drag me. Drag, drag me, to, me hell. to hell. That's when the guy got turned down. That he turns down the, the loan. The, she turned the loan down, and she got cursed. And it was that was buttons. yeah. Okay, button, you're right, right. You're right. I'm mixing those movies. Yeah. Uh, to finish that thought thinner to get rid of the curse, he he kind of basically made the the Roma camp take the curse back and they he had to bake a cherry pie and the curse was in the pie yeah. and he was going to give it to his wife who was cheating on him but instead his daughter ate it um, oh right yeah anyway uh that's such a stephen king ending yeah this okay i'm going to give you one nate real quick right. a movie movie question is what is the, wait how many points do i get for that you get Ten. uh you get no point you get you get, you know what you get a point because you get you what you it before. deserve you get what's coming to you you get what's coming to you. <laughs> <laughs> what is All the right. curse that is the center of big trouble in little china nate <gasps> oh motherfucker. it's hard right it's kind of hard to guess the curses in some of these movies. he goes to the <laughs> that lady. is such a good question the lady's really a scorpion snake woman she's nope. like a snake well that's one of them well I mean, the, not, you're right. in the alley they come at him and he yep. fights them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my favorite story about Big Trouble Little China is I, I wasn't allowed to watch it. Mom did let me watch it because it came on TV at 10 o'clock at night. I, I was in elementary school. Mm. And so that night I'd seen the trailer for it. And I was dying to see this movie. So at night I dreamed about what the movie was about. And the next day I illustrated like a 15 page story about the plot of Big Trouble Probably Little China. Probably right on. And then I brought it to, uh, I was not, I remember that much. I gave it to my teacher to give it as a book report, but she wouldn't let me. And then I never got the book back. And I would give money for that book. What the seven-year-old thought. Big trouble in, okay, so the curse for Big Trouble in Little China, which is John Carpenter's, John Carpenter's 1986 masterpiece. Fantastic movie. It's great. But remember, Lopan is this kind of like magician god type yeah, character. Yeah, he comes and goes. He was in the jail, wasn't it? Or something? Yeah, well, he couldn't. He was cursed to be incorporeal, which is great. He was, he was, he, uh, he was defeated in the battle with the Emperor Qin Shi Huang, and he was cursed with incorporeality. So he could not he wasn't granted access to our reality except occasionally he was granted a decrepit body uh by the gods but he could permanently break the curse of incorporeality by marrying a woman with green eyes and sacrificing her anyway uh so that was that was a tough one uh let me give you another one that was too hard what was about cultural appropriation here's an easy one what about the the principal there's two curses in this movie. Name one. The movie is Spirited Away. Oh, man. That's so Oh, wait. Good. No, 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 no. No, uh, the parents became pigs. Yes. Yeah. For being for, gluttons. 
for and eating food from forbidden. They food. ate the ghost, the, the gluttonous ghost that wouldn't stop eating because it, it, it was. That wasn't was a he, curse. Well, he wasn't cursed. That just what mm. he. That he was didn't... a river god, and he was polluted. No, other... no, no. The river god was polluted. That it, but he's talking about the thing. That oh, he, the... with the mask on his face. That yeah, but never, he wasn't a curse. He, just, he was he, just wanted to be belong. He was a hungry spirit who wanted to. The other he wanted curse to hang out. Sten, the main male cartoon character who's also a dragon, he yeah. stole the golden to, soul from Zaniba the witch and was. Um, she had a, uh, She forgot her name, and, or he yeah, well, his own and name. he was cursed with that little black blob that she removed from him when he was injured and stepped on it remember and the curse was yeah broken. oh yeah that's been that awesome. was the other curse that was such a good movie it's an amazing movie so here's one i don't know if you guys have seen it but evil bong three the wrath of the bong <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe yeah, did you guys see that one velociraptor was pretty good velocipastor Velocipastor. This one, this one's for Nate because I think you watched this one. The Librarian Curse of the Judas Chalice. <laughs> okay, maybe uh, not. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> there's this one was for Tim, but I don't want it. it was just Jungle Cruise. It just came out. There's a- <laughs> oh, I could I could tell you that in detail. What about Christine by Oh, uh, the car, car, John Carpenter ever? Yeah, and. I, I, I don't know what the specific curse is uh-huh. other than owning the car, much like owning exactly. It, it, in fact, like it, that's you, it's true. It was it, transferred, it was born a curse, it was transferred, transferring possession because the old guy, his brother, or somebody had it, right? Like, well, the weird makes, old guy, I, I looked and, it up because I remember it. it being cursed. And if you look up cursed films, it pops up there, and I was like, no, the. It shows the movie starts with it being showing the car getting made in like the Plymouth factory. The car was called it was a 1958 Plymouth Fury. Uh, and it's getting made and the guy they're like building it and the first guy like hurts his hand on it. And then another guy gets in the car and like smokes a cigarette in the factory. And then later like the foreman opens the door and his body rolls out. So it's just like yeah, the yeah. curse. The cur- the car itself is the curse. And yeah, the only it's, way a, to it's, it's a, a cursed object. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody that has it, but it definitely makes that like geeky guy super cool. Yeah. Last um curse curse movie trivia for you uh-huh. two. Okay. And I'm gonna be really mad at Nate. What's the curse in Lord of the Rings? Name one. I thought there's a main one. I'll say. In All right. So the main one. The- Nope, the main one are is the army that's dead in, yes. in the water. Yes. And no, that's who Aragon the water. They're in the mountain. The mountain. Fucking ghost area swamp. Aragon goes. They're they're not in the swamp. Not that they're in the mountain. No, the, no, they're uh, not. They're the army that, <laughs> that didn't fight in the fucking battle. That's not and a so curse. They, Nerd alert! I know what you're talking about. You're talking about the the field of the dead that Column led. That's um, the field. No, I'm talking there's two. Field of the Dead is what I keep imagining, but Aragon went to get the army who wouldn't fight against Saruman back in the day, and now they're yes, yes. And he brought them to fight. They won the battle, which is kind of hokey, but whatever. It's not hokey. It's convenient. It's convenient. It's convenient. (laughs) Although I will say, if you have an elf sliding down the trunks of elephants, that wasn't in the book. (laughs) Yeah, the dead men of Dunharrow or the. Oathbreakers 
were cursed yeah. by Isildur after they abandoned they their come oath. To the and so to break the oath, they had to rise to uh, defend Aragon against the uh, yeah. You know, orcs. I got there. It took me a Thoron. sec. Took me a sec. Thoron. Took me a sec. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. It was the caverns beneath the Dwimmerberg. Nerdalus. Yeah, well, I would never get that in a hundred years. Anyway, back anyway. to curses. <laughs> Circle back to curses. One thing, a couple, one thing that I looked up right away because we haven't addressed it yet is curse words uh-huh. and and how they and I don't want to get into it because it's a whole episode on. Oh, I want to I want to get into it. Get we into can it, we now. can get into it a little bit. So let me introduce it, and Nate, you take over. Um, uh, the 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 best people at cursing, I think, even if I talk to random online people, are having been in Ireland before Irish curses. Mm. So I looked up some Irish ones, and there's pages of them. But so a word for like luck is like cess c e s s in Irish. But I was gonna read just some historic Irish curses, which has I don't I mean, I guess it could be like a, a hex, but it's more like cursing but it's like bad cess on you devil take you may you never prosper the first drop of water to quench your thirst may it boil your bowels may the flesh rot off your bones and fall away putrid before your eyes may your limbs wither and the stench of your rotten carcass be too horrible for hungry dogs (laughs) may you fade into nothing like snow in summer may you uh, be accursed in the sight of god and hated by your fellow man May you die without a priest. May the Almighty's curse rest on your children. This I pray. Which these is all like pretty really recent. Mean. Like they, they, pretty are these like from the nineties or something? I have um one historical curse, and then I want to play either a game with you guys or a bit where Chris can go back and add on these whenever he needs to. So historical curse number uh three A, based on our conversation tonight. The Chicago Cubs. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if you guys knew. I mean, everybody knows they were cursed. They the didn't... donkey or whatever? No, it was a goat. So, during game four of the 1945 World Series at Wrigley Field, Sienis and his goat Murphy, which is an awesome name for Great. a goat, Good were considered name. a nuisance and asked to leave the park. And then, so Sienis, he brought your he brought his goat. By the way, he brought his goat 19, to the World Series, 1945. By the way, I feel like that's still modern times enough. It's yeah. not like the first baseball game pretty, in 1884. Right. And <laughs> like, what is this new game you got here? Bringing <laughs> yeah. your goat on the, the so way to he town. Was, he was he was pissed, and so when he was getting kicked out, he said, "Them Cubs ain't gonna win no more." Referring to the pennant, apparently. And the Cubs didn't win another National League pennant until 2016. Yeah, I remember. And they went on to win the World Series, which uh, apparently the curse was, <coughs> it was believed to be that the curse would stay uh, as an act of curse until he died. But the they didn't win the pennant until 46 years after he died. They didn't win the World Series 108 years apart from each other. Uh, so that was, that you was know, what my favorite sports curse is. This is true. It's actually not the Cubs. It's a uh, it's a Japanese uh, baseball team called the uh, uh, the Hansen Tigers. And in um, I forgot what year. Yeah, in, in 1985, 
the Hanshin fans celebrated a victory in their championship series by kidnapping a statue of Colonel Sanders from a local KFC <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and throwing yeah. it into oh, the man. local Dotonbori River. They never won another championship series, and the uh, the team the locals believe it's because of the ghost of Colonel Sanders has cursed them for the desecration of his statue. That's awesome! It's so good. It's uh, not belief they know. That's an yeah, extra like Colonel Sanders. Curse. Yeah, he's that's a double dip curse. He has deep fried their dreams. Uh, the game is what mildly irritating curses can you think of? Lower back pain. Right. That sort of stuff. Your plates break at a normal frequency, but whenever <laughs> they do, it'll be when you have food on them and you're carrying them with one hand. <laughs> May your farts be always seen. <laughs> <laughs> May your condiments always come out water first on your hot dog. May you forever have a booger whistle. <laughs> <laughs> May your toast land always butter side down. <laughs> May you always cough and realize you're not wearing a mask in line at food line. <laughs> <laughs> May you only taste ketchup as your only sauce. <laughs> May your teeth only have filmy texture even after you brush. <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh. May you only see your floater eye shapes. Floaters. <laughs> Ooh, okay. I got the, mo the worst one on the planet. May cold medicine never work again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's ever worked. May all your beer taste like NyQuil. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a bad flavor. Kind of like Hardywood's ginger stout. You have Hardywood's NyQuil belt. <laughs> <laughs> may people never text you again but only call <laughs> may all your calls result in a lengthy voicemail <laughs> yeah. may your podcasts always clip during the jokes <laughs> may your deodorant wear off at noon may your color ink cartridge always run dry May all your wait, I can't. I'm, this one's for Nate. You'll have to do it. Which is, may all your impressions sound like Bane. <laughs> yes, yes. Do it. Do may it. your DMV oh, yeah. weights take. Wait, wait, wait. Make Nate say it in Bane voice. I want you to say wait. it in Bane voice. For what? Which one? May all your impressions sound like Bane needs to be delivered in a Bane voice. All right, hold on. May all your impressions sound like Bane. <laughs> <laughs> I so can't good. Do it. No, that was perfect. This hey, is Sean Connery. I was gonna say, do the same one, but with Sean Connery now. <laughs> Show all your impressions must sound like me. Hello, I'm Bane. <laughs> your jokes are dark, but yes. I was bored at it. Yeah, perfect. there you go. You it's that Sean one. Connery trying to take a dump. Is what I think of. Yes. <laughs> 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 Calm down. Now is not the time for fear. You have paranormal insurance from Dorfu.com. The whole point of this episode was uh was that you our, called our you debate. Called, yeah. yeah, you called me and you're like, I need some help with 
with a curse. It's a problem debating on whether or not I uh, should curse somebody. And Mary and I, Mary said, call Chris. And I said, yes, definitely do the curse. <laughs> but, but, but so, but it brought, it raised a couple of things like A, I think curses are really interesting. It's also Christmas time. So a nice Christmas episode was coming up and uh you had a real a real curse at hand uh so what's the story like why all why, right i'll, why I'll tell you the you... story and i'm gonna well i'll tell you the story first and then i'll tell you i have a the curse epilogue that there's an epilogue yeah. that's real yeah i'm glad i didn't curse anybody chris yes i know well i didn't say curse quickly i mean like we were going to come up with a good curse and that takes right. time all right so to we'll go back i'll tell you the story of why we're thinking about cursing and that is so we've talked about you've been here we did the ghost episode at the house our house is old and mary's beginning uh having historians come over uh to the house and do research and uh that's her payment uh there is some grant money in um the virginia preservation society offered some to mary to help them uh, raise money for the first African-American church in Hanover, which is falling apart. Uh, mm -hmm. But Mary took some pictures. She's painting it. They're going to do a bunch of prints and stuff and raise money That's to get it cool. under a yeah. good roof. Yeah, good cost. Everything's great. But the um, uh, in return, Mary only asks like, that they come check out the house and tell us what they know yeah, about get, it get or what they can find out. Impression. And, and they did. They were a fantastic group of people. But they... Um, also followed, did some follow-ups pulled photographs from the 30s and other stuff and what research they could find on it. And one of the things was, and the, and the house was built by, I, I think her name was uh, Nancy Christensen, uh, mm -hmm. who came over from England in about 1752 mm -hmm. or so. Or, uh, and in 1752, she had a bell cast in England uh, and brought over like as a farm bill uh, for the or, house that was being or built. The for the house her. that was being built, you know, this uh, farmhouse that we live in uh, in Hanover County. And uh, when we bought the house three years ago, uh, we had a note. I looked it up. I still, that's why I keep all my ducks for a thousand years. Yeah. A realtor said, hey, <clears throat> the, the, the owner uh, or the, the daughter of the owner, um, she wants to come over and pick up a couple bushes and an old, uh, bell that's sentimental for the family uh that's in the backyard and you it was before we closed or whatever and i said <clears throat> you know that's good house karma whatever of course you know come take whatever's yours that's fine came and took it so later the preservation society sent us a note said like uh from 1939 or 1940 said a house still has original bell from 1752 <laughs> in England oh. and we're like oh no oh yeah. you no. gave away the bell the house bell that brought she, over she from England the yeah the house and the, built around the soul of the house yeah yeah so we're like oh no and I know Mary loves the history like she today she dug up some uh glasses from the 30s right? oh that's like, awesome yeah Whoa. some spectacles but but anyway like she, we're always finding stuff and mary is like i could just see her like like no <laughs> like, I saw that. she was like i gotta write her i was like that bell is gone that bell is gone. yeah and she wrote the uh and she's 
the, the the woman we bought the house from, and everyone's still alive. And we actually had the, uh, the there's a guy in the 50s. He came by. He's 86. Because um, this house but, has been through exchange multiple hands. Oh yeah, century. like a million. I mean, this times. is like a Who like 300 years old. We, we know the previous of, owner's two, daughter. Two, 260 years old, but. The, and then the the daughter came by and her mother's still alive at 98 uh who left the house about 10 12 years ago or 14 years ago so can you find the daughter and get the bell back well yeah we found the daughter we know her and mary wrote to the daughter and was like hey we didn't realize that bell was the original bell if you took the original bell from the house um you know we're willing to pay a large sum of money to get that back we're trying to it's for historical reasons yada yada have the virginia historical society and the response was okay i'll pray on it and then uh, a week later she came back and it's like look the bell has a new home now and a new family and it will be passed down in my family from generation to generation going they forward. stole the bell and that point like when she wrote that, I was like, oh no. And Mary was like so upset. Like, what do we do? I was like, there's nothing you can do researching it. And the fact that this 250 year old bell disappeared under our hands on yeah. our watch, like how horrible is that? And so my uh, instinct, and I know how to do this. And Mary's like, we're never gonna get it back. I was like, no, we're not gonna get it back. I was like, but I can curse her and the bell. <laughs> Until the, bell until the bell finds its way back. Hurt. And it's not, and this isn't spiritual. Don't think I'm like being I, in a cult guy or, or anything, but psychologically, and I've studied hypnotism and other stuff, right? <laughs> I, can, I can curse anybody. And in this podcast, I'm going to teach all of our listeners how to curse somebody. Oh, Mary nice. said, and here's the funniest thing. And here's where Mary said, this is where I call Chris. And Mary said, you need to call Chris. For advice because Mary said my curse was so severe it would impact my life review upon my death. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. And what's crazy is dad taught me this curse huh. when I was 19 years That's old. That's the best right? kind of curse. And so yeah. here's the curse I could do for stolen property. You can keep the bell. But from now on, from this moment forward, Anytime you look at that bell for the rest of your life, you are only going to have bad memories and you're going to feel ah. bad about taking that bell from this house. Yeah. I don't have to say anything else. I say nope. that one thing. And for the, if she it's lives, a, it's, another, it's a fact that's like a perfect curse. Yeah. And if she lives for 40 years and she looks out her back window, every time she looks at that bell, she'll remember what I said. And even if she'll convince herself for a while, like, no, I have good memories and she'll force the good memories, but they will be tainted yep. by my words for the rest of her life. And that's why it was so terrible. And Mary was like, you could never, you can't say that. She was like, that will be on your life review because that's <laughs> something we talk about. It's like, if you're going to die, if you die, and we'll talk about this in the death episode, but when you die, you have a life review, possibly, or, you know, maybe it's a, a yeah, sure. conceptually, it be, yeah, it's a it doesn't have to be religious thing. or anything, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. or it could be, who knows, you know, yeah. like you have a review of your life and that would show up on it. So Mary thought that was the most evil thing anybody could do. And I'm like, I'm not really doing anything. And Chris agreed with me. <laughs> I was just like, on the call. you're just, you're just saying, you're just, again, corrective justice. So, 
justice is on the side it wasn't like i really want a mercedes and i'm gonna like cheat my way into it all you're doing is bringing a certain judicial balance to things but but regardless i i i've thought about it longer and nate was like and it will eventually this will make the bell come back i thought about it longer i was like i think the bell was already cursed because the house when you bought it was disrepair like it was barely standing up anymore and if that bell had really come over in the 1700s from england like it brought the curse with it like and it didn't lot, bring fortune yeah there's a lot of bad yeah. things that happened in that house mm. and in a way the curse was the bell and it went with the rightful owner like the curse followed her out of the house and and now because your house is great everyone loves it and it's got really good vibes there uh it we well just, it's been in disrepair many times too like yeah. before us like the yeah. worst was the late 30s yep and then the people that bought it after that murder suicide stuff but yeah. here's why i'm glad we didn't curse anything yes. or actually continue it I was like, just give it up, Mary. It's like, well, let, and Chris had the best idea. Chris was like, cast a new bell. Yeah. And that will break any curse. Yeah, that will restore. Make it your thing. We talk about bells. Bells are awesome. because, And if you cast a bell, you're casting something into forever and eternity. Like, because they never die. Yeah. Like, if you make a bell, what do you do? Melt it again? No one destroys it. It lasts forever. Yeah. But uh, I'm glad we didn't because Mary talked to her again and said, hey, could you at least send us some pictures? We might want to recast or replicate. She sent some pictures. It included the yoke and everything on it uh -huh. uh, with uh, some serial number stuff. It, it turns out that's a replacement bell. And the bell that that was formed in, like the whatever bold that bell was, was from an Ohio bell company from 1886 to 1970 that same casting was used over and over for farm bells yeah so, so it was she didn't the have original. the original run she had some yeah. other one her I, parents I, I probably bought in the fucking 60s you know we yeah. don't know yeah so can i uh can i put my opinion on that anyway yeah yep. yeah yeah we need it yeah curse that bitch man <laughs> <laughs> curse her anyway <laughs> look curse her for I... being mean and it's saying she's gonna prey on something. She fucking earned it. And the only way you can turn <laughs> it around is to do something like every time you you see that bell, you're gonna have bad memories. That's not even a curse. That's a perfect curse. Tim, it's that a is perfect a curse. curse Semantic. Because, it's just well, telling it's the a truth. psychological like she fucking... curse. Well, that's what. Okay, so that's what the moral of the story is. A good curse isn't an invention it's it's the it's the correcting it's of not a supernatural but it's, it's not even correcting. Zero you're doing is, about it. i feel like you're just pointing out why you're a bad person well that's the all truth. Really you're is. pointing out the truth <laughs> all you're, not the even, you're not providing new badness on this person you're just well pointing that's why out, where the you're world... amplifying what's already there well, you are the... you are putting a bullhorn to their personality yeah, well, that's why the rule of three yeah. comes back because that's already out there you're not putting that in there it's already out there you're just directing it towards its rightful place where it was going to go anywhere like the, the the slow arc of justice was eventually going to make her think only bad things when she saw that bell all you did was like 
redirect that energy where you didn't create new energy and put it out that's something she brought in herself this is energy that's already going there you just kind of like open the door for it i think making a new bell is cool and important and it sets a stage for a new chapter of the house hey like, can i agree that? agreed and then we as can put like as... witches symbols and stuff on there which are also charms of good luck and protection yeah no also i think a cool thing to do for this bell uh the opposite i guess if we're going to talk about it, the opposite of curse would be a blessing right sure. yeah from any former means what type of metal do you need to uh smelt a bell well it depends uh, on the type of metal. well so there's there's tag, cast iron and i've been from what i'm watching a traditional bell is 80 percent copper and 10 uh, 20 10 makes yeah. the ringing sound and although the the most of the farms used uh iron because it was cheap and you can smell and i've god knows plenty of iron but i also have plenty of copper from these old pipes and stuff so. not even just that no hold off on that yeah uh, use mostly that from the old stuff but i think it would be more meaningful if you collected donations from people that want to contribute to your bell. I will give you some of my copper because I have some uh, copper. Yeah. That's kind of, I will yeah. give you some of my That's tin. Really cool. I'll find I have a couple tin. like pieces of silver and stuff too. That could be cool. Right. Like, so everybody the contributes their metal that melts ah. with good bell. intentions. What do we want the Riddler to be? So the Riddler this week, we're not looking for tough curses or anything like that. Although if you do have a curse story where we always welcome a good story, keep it under uh, three minutes and tell it to us. But the Riddler really for this week is what is your best banal curse? Like, uh, and if you have one, write us at wizard at dorfu.com or text us. You can tweet us at AAO podcast. All right. So uh, here is the winner of last week's Riddler, Emily. Uh, and it was, what is your fail? So here you go. Here's my entry for the fail episode. Uh, this is Emily. And on the, this is a first date fail for the category, I believe. Although we're still together. So maybe he just pitied me. But on our first date, uh, Nick and I went mountain biking and we come back into town and I'm passing the house and I start judging this remodel and we're going probably 20 miles an hour. We're going at decent speed and I'm judging this house. I'm like, why didn't they just tear down that old piece of crap? Why are they adding on to it? Boom. I went right into a UPS truck. <laughs> like straight into it didn't see it at all and i broke my radius and my ulna oh. and those are the two bones in your forearm and then i also uh smashed my front tire in and i guess i whimpered a little bit and the ups driver comes out like freaking out like he's gonna get sued and i was like no this is my fault i broke my helmet and uh then He's on a bicycle i tried to play it off legit and i was like i'm cool i'm fine and i rode home but the tire was going flat but i didn't know it, it didn't go flat till after i got home and uh anyways we are still together and i it ended up being good because i couldn't go to my fire job and i stayed 
here and worked at the tanker base and we got to develop a relationship and we're still together and I love them. I also want to add that the UPS truck was parked with its flashers on. It looks like that scene in Wayne's World where she's like, oh, hi Wayne, and then smashes the car. <laughs> So just to clarify, yeah. she was on a bicycle going with 20 something miles an hour, which is pretty fast. She's probably going 10 miles an hour. It's it pretty staring flat at a there. house saying, what's up with that house? Bam! Slammed into a park. Full stacied on a uh, full stacied on a on a bicycle date. <laughs> nice. pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. And so she's uh she's pretty tough. She's she's turned down naked and afraid, no less than five times yeah uh, nate's not like exaggerating either this is this is no, a she, true yeah. true story <laughs> yeah, the tv was... show naked and afraid wants her to be on it and she has turned them down he's awesome. also a super fan and has listened to every episode and has bumper stickers all over her car in idaho uh from against all oddities and which uh, makes us the makes it hard because she just won the riddler and we still have to give her stuff and we've already given her most of mm, our good stuff uh, i think uh, the wizard you might have some abatement uh, packages or something thank yep. you for the submission uh you guys should get us a submission for uh the, this christmas episode what else how are we going to end this in true curse tradition we each get to undo a single curse from our lives from it what is the curse you would like to undo from your life now that we have earned it with this christmas episode Funny. we gotta be careful here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we gotta get a lot I of don't curses want to upset on the my head than i already have <laughs> so many curses my comebacks would come immediately and not you know, oh, an hour you, you after the fact, the curse of the one. joke grenade, where like your joke your curse grenade. comes back like five minutes after, like the George Costanza, or the, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like if I think of a comeback, I it's, it's not an hour later; it's immediately. <laughs> yeah. All right, so mote it be. It is now removed. Uh, my curse, I'd like to remove, is my need for good lighting and movies and television because i cannot watch a single episode of tv or movies that has bad lighting i can't tolerate it your wheel of time show i won't watch it from the lighting standpoint alone what do you mean your wheel of time you guys like <laughs> wheel of time i can't i can't, <laughs> I tried it i can't watch it uh but anyway someone some asshole many years ago cursed me with like an insatiable need for good lighting and it's ruined every viewing experience so that is now removed i undo my own curse of not remembering people's names Ooh. Ooh, see that's such a curse for me that like i just a sickness heredity because that's all three of us life. however i'm in sales it's really good if I remember everyone's name. So that's the curse I removed. But you could also just so mote it be you have earned it with this episode of Christmas. You that is your Christmas gift, a Christmas miracle. Nate can now remember names. Yes. I will now watch and enjoy television that has bad lighting. And Tim will immediately respond with a witty Come zinger back. every time it is called for. That is the <laughs> Christmas special 2021. We'll see what happens next year. Christmas special. Congrats.
failures. Failures. Fail. 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 Well, I was going to say, though, I, so I thought this could be a topic 